Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. So we're pretty close to halfway through the book. So we teach on a, um, a quarter basis, 13 weeks. This book has 13 chapters. It's like perfect. So uh, we are in chapter 5 today. So last Sunday in July, this is what it today is. So the first uh, um, month of this class has gone by. Um, so it's also in chapter 5 here that uh, Pastor Brad Bigney has divided up his book. So the first beginning of these first five chapters, he's talking about gospel treason and all the things that we've talked about. He says, this is the problem. So he's, he's laid out the problem. Now, chapter 6 through 12 are going to be uh, the solution. What do we do with this? How do we deal with this? What are the steps that we take? Those types of things. And then chapter 13 is kind of a... Um, uh, just kind of a summary, I think. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit of what that looks like. But so we're through that first half. Um, one of the things that we've talked about over these last few weeks is, okay, we have idols. Hopefully I have been able to present to you that we do have idols that we uh, worship at times, that we are all worshipers. We're made to worship. God has designed us to be worshipers. And we are either going to be worshiping God or something else. And if we're something else, that's an idol. So hopefully you've, you've bought into that. You believe that. You agree with me on that. And then uh, the, we've also been talking about repentance. And so if we, are, we, if we have been doing that, how do we repent and what does that look like? Um, so as we've gone through that, one of the things I want to make sure is that you've been tracking with me. Um, that you are um, seeing that. So I wanted to give an, a couple opportunities here, or give an opportunity here, for you to ask questions. Up to this point, has there been anything I've said, or if you've been reading the book, or as you've been thinking about this, that says that this doesn't make sense, or I'm not sure how that works, or what does that look like? Um, I want to make sure that you're tracking with me. So do you guys have any questions? Oh, I saw him raise his hand. I was like, oh, yes, a question. It was not. He was faking me out. I was like, oh. You don't have to have questions. I tell my small group all the time, I'm okay, I'm comfortable with the awkward silence, but in a group like this, sometimes it's they, most other people are not comfortable with the awkward silence, so. Go ahead. A question in the back. That's great. That's a great statement. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Okay. If there are no more. Oh, you got one? No. See, again, faked me out. I'd be terrible at football. I'd be like... Or basketball. See, I don't even... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. You don't have a hand up because I'm going to do some drawing up here. And I want us to be able to... So, your handouts had some questions on a couple of those weeks, had some questions to help identify idols. Some ways for you to look at your own life and say, okay, here is an area. Last week we talked a lot about conflict. So if there's conflict in your life, that's a good indicator, as in like it's the indicator, that there is an idol somewhere in in your life, somewhere. And so we want to be able to identify that. Now, what we also need to do, and we're going to talk more about this because now next week we're going to start to the solution and we're going to work through what that looks like. But, but one of the things that I want to, want to discuss is, okay, if we have identified that, now what do we do? You know, and we, we talked about the repentance plan and making sure we have a repentance plan, but I want to go to a little bit of, if I have an idol of something, I've identified this is the idol in my life. Now, what are, how do I really uh, distill this down into what really is happening in my heart? And how do I, what, what are some things I need to do? So, we have talked a lot about James 4, right? And uh, in James 4, it says, what causes the forals, forals, <laughs> quarrels and fights among you? Right? And what does he say causes those quarrels and fights? Today I'm going to need a lot of feedback. These are not rhetorical questions. What Lusts. What are other words that he uses besides lust? That is one, yes? Cravings. Desires. Starts with a P. Passions, right? Yes. The, those are all these things. These are all synonymous. These are all things. Here's another one. Motivations. What motivates us? Okay? We can be motivated by all kinds of things. We can have a positive motivation, negative motivations, right? I, I can be motivated to not get hurt. That's why I don't run down the middle of the Lloyd Expressway, because I don't want to get hurt. That's a negative motivation. Um, a positive motivation is I was interested in getting married. I, I wanted to be in a relationship, so I sought out a woman, my wife, that I dated and got married. That was a positive motivation. It doesn't really matter about that. We have motivations. There are things that drive us, okay? And one of the things that we talked about last week also is that we put those in there, right? Those, these are things that we want. These are the desires that we have. Now, sometimes these desires are good, but good desires can become bad desires, Right? Not all desiring, not all passions, not all things that drive us are negative, bad, wrong things. But we can make good things into bad things. Did I talk about how that happens? Do you remember last week? Did I say that? Because I can't remember if I did or not. What makes a good desire a bad desire or a good desire a bad master? Okay, so obviously I didn't, unless somebody, that, some of you are like, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's because you know the book that I'm reading from. Okay, yep, if I sin to get it. So if I want comfort, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Jesus retreated, right, at time to get away. He needed to quiet time. He needed time to himself for a moment. Those are things to, uh, that, that's not a negative thing. And he didn't sin to get it. 
but we can sin to get it. I can come home ready to just take a little bit of a breather and my boys come up to the door and start asking me to put a toy together or to fix something or they want to buy something or whatever and I can get very angry because now I'm sinning to get the thing, get away from me take I need my time right so if I sin to get it that makes a good desire a, a bad desire or if I sin if I don't get it right same scenario I just want to sit on the couch and rest when I come home my boys ask me to do something uh, my wife asks me to fix something so as I'm doing, I'm like, yeah, I sure would like to rest, but I can't because I've got to do this, right? I'm, I'm like trying to give her guilt, a guilt trip, like if you had just given me the moment to rest, right? Now I'm sinning because I didn't get what I wanted, okay? So those are ways that we, when we have desires, if we don't get them, we don't get what our desires are. We sin when good desires can become bad desires. Let's think about our life like a tree. Okay? And I'll give you some Bible verses that actually tell this uh, or show this. So it's not just me making this up. Why don't you turn with me to Jeremiah 17. And in Jeremiah 17... Verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Right? So a shrub or a plant, a tree that is living for the wrong thing here looks terrible, right? Goes on to say, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We want to be like a tree planted by water. Sorry, I'm trying to find a place to put this. You, you can... There are a number of passages in Scripture that we can think about that talk about a tree in different ways, using this metaphor, this image. It's a good picture for us because we, we know what trees are. We know how trees grow. We know what a good tree looks like. We know what a bad tree looks like or a tree that is not doing well. Um, you remember the parable of Jesus uh, when Jesus was walking by the fig tree. Actually, it's not a parable. It actually happened uh, that he's walking by the fig tree and it didn't, have the, it didn't have the fruit on it, and he curses it. They come back later, and it's, it's dead, you know, and they're like, wow. Uh, so Jesus used that imagery for a tree, a tree there. But if we're looking at us in our lives, 
as trees, we talk about the fruit of our life. We talk about how we um, are with other people. We talk about, oh, the fruit of this person's life is this or, or that. They have good fruit, they have bad fruit. We want to have good fruit, right? We want to have things that where people look at us, they recognize that we are a believer, uh, that we are a Christian and we're walking with God. So let's say, let's identify an idol here. I'm going to walk, I'm going to give you an idea here and I want you to help me walk through what the fruit of a person's life is that is struggling with this idol, okay? Let's say that we have a person, person, and I'm going to pick an idol that is prevalent um, today. This is something that I talk with people often um, in our culture, in our city, in, in our church here. Um, and, and I'm not picking on anybody. This is just something that is, that is happening. And so how do we deal with this? Anxiety. People will use the word anxiety or fear or worry. They use these a lot synonymously. There's some overlap. There's some differences. I'm not picking on that. Here's the idea. So I'm anxious. What are some fr- the fruit of their life? And there can be all kinds of reasons for anxiety. There can be all kinds of things that come out in our life um, that we're, when we're anxious. I see when we look at um, what is happening in, um, uh, in politics, in our government, in all of these things, that it's easy to become anxious about what the future holds. What, what is happening in our culture today? We ask this question, like, how did this happen? And how did it happen so quickly? Or what is going on? Or things were like this one day, and now they're different now, and I don't know what to do. I feel like there's, I don't have that steady footing, okay? So what are some things that you would see in a person's life that is anxious? What would that look like? What is that? So if I'm anxious, I would come home late for work, Okay. What is that? And the wife would be the anxious person. Okay, so the wife is anxious because the husband's not coming home. Okay, all right. What else? What is it? Okay. So, okay. Actually... Let, let me say it this way. So what you guys are, are, are telling me now are things like uh, circumstances. What I'm looking for, I didn't, ask, I didn't say this very clearly. These are the circumstances, how the person responds to the circumstances. Let's talk about that. Maybe that's a little bit better. So the, the spouse is anxious because the husband hasn't come home, health problems. What are things that we would say? Let me, let me give you this. Yes, that's a good one. Okay, so anger... Irritable, isolation, these are great. Somebody said something I missed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that we're worried. I worry all the time. I'm a worrier. So a health problem can be an issue. You're exactly, you are exactly right. So we want to be, be sure that when we're talking about health problems, we're not saying, okay, I've got cancer and now I'm anxious about what's going on because I, I would never want to tell anybody that because of your anxiety that caused cancer. Uh, I, I don't think we can draw those direct connections. But I did talk about how David in Psalm, um, uh, Psalm uh, 32 talked about the, his bones wasting away. 
Um, you know, he, we talk about this people that don't eat or don't sleep. Those are things. So health problems, we, uh, stomach issues all the time. Somebody that's anxious, you know, you, you have gastro problems. So health, health issues can definitely be a part of that. I, I just said some things here, you know, can't sleep or sleep a lot, sleep all the time, right? So sleep is an issue. Um, not eating, reading too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to put these both as you can eat too much, not enough, sleep too much, not enough, right? Um, you can feel shame for things you shouldn't feel shame for. You, you can take on things that you shouldn't, shouldn't take on, right? Uh, I wrote easily angered there. Um, here's one, perfectionism. Okay, I'm trying to make sure that nothing goes wrong. No matter what I do, I'm making sure everything goes the way it should be. Um, whoops. We need that. Um, busyness. If I just stay busy enough, here's another one. Comparison. Compare myself to other people. They're in the same situation I am and they're not struggling. I am. Right? Having control. Trying to control everything and everybody. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so these are, this would, this would be fruit of an anxious heart, okay? Now, here's the problem that some people will do when they see this, okay? I talked about how we repent, right? We want to put off, renew mind, put on, okay? So we go, okay, I'm anxious. I've identified that, great. All right, I'm anxious. Here are the things I'm doing. Stop doing these things. Yes, but... We've got to get to the root of the problem first because if we just try and stop doing these things, it doesn't work. We will, like Paul Tripp talks about, this is bad fruit. It's like we go to an actual apple tree that has dead apples on it and we take, we go to the grocery store, we buy good apples and we come up and we staple the good apples on the tree. Right? So now the tree looks great. It's got new apples. They're fresh. They're shining. They're gleaming. They look beautiful. But give it a week, right? And it looks like it did before. And this is the same idea here. If I, Okay, I am angry. One of these things probably is going to rise to the top in, for somebody's li in somebody's life. One of these things is going to be really a big deal. <clears throat> and there's going to be these other things as well. I not all the time when somebody is anxious has all of these things, right? People come and they say, they, they tell me, I, you know, I'm anxious. And how, well, why, what, what is one of the ways you see this? Well, I'm getting angry at my family all the time. Angry, okay? And so there is the temptation to go, well, the Bible says be angry and do not sin. So now we're just going to deal with anger. Well, anger doesn't get to the root of the problem because on the tree, right? What grows out of this? In that Jeremiah 17 passage, remember the uh, 7 through 8? Like a tree planted by water that roots go out to the, to the stream. Well, 
the shrub doesn't talk about roots, but it has roots too, right? Every, all these plants have roots that go out. So what's down here in the middle is the heart. We say, okay, we live out of our hearts, all right? There are things that we live out of our heart, but we miss sometimes what exactly it is that is the heart of the problem. There are, motiv- there are things that are motivating us, and when we don't get them, it leads to anxiety, okay? Ed Welch has, a, has an article that lists like the, the, about 12 things, things that, that can be motivators for us. These are probably the most common things that motivate us to do what we do. I'll read those to you. He said, pleasure, power, love and intimacy, comfort, control, respect or admiration, freedom or autonomy, peace, happiness, meaning, having meaning, or what is the meaning, our significance or reputation, and success. It's not an exhaustive list. For sure there are other things that would drive us. There are other things that would motivate us. But that's a pretty good list. But if we say, I'm anxious, we, uh, we can be driven to try and stop the anxiety and miss what actually is causing the anxiety. Are you, are you tracking with me on that? Does that make sense? So, last week we talked about in our plan of repentance, having this plan of repentance, we've taken the time to identify these things. We've taken the time to say, okay, here's what the, I'm anxious. I need to figure out what is, what is motivating me. Why is it that I'm anxious? So let me give you a little bit more of the picture and we can see if we can determine this. We have a wife who has a husband whose job, this is not about my wife, I just realized as I start to explain this, this is not about my family, so if it sounds familiar, has a, has a job that travels a lot, so he's gone a lot. What are some of the motivators? If she is anxious, she's home with the kids, the husband's not there as often as she would like. What are some things that would motivate her to become angry, uh, anxious? Okay, safety. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I've got to do everything. I can take care of the kids, the house. Yeah. So what would be the motivator? So safety be one there. She's taking care of everything. What would be the motivator with that? How, what, what would we label that? Uh, one could be, yeah, comfort and ease. I don't want to do this all the time. For sure that could be comfort and ease. What's another thing with that same thing that, that could be a, a motivator there for her? What is it? Fear. Of what? Yeah, so safety and fear. That's a, that's a good one, having a, having a fear of that, right? Those are, those are good things. Freedom or autonomy, what about that? Could that be in that same scenario? 
Is it possible? Here's why. Well, if I'm stuck here having to take care of the kids and everything in the house and the husband's not here to help, I don't get to do what I want to do. And now it's, I know the next day I'm going to have to wake up, he's not here, I've got to do that. That, can be a, that could be a potential thing, right? So we have to think about why would a sovereign God allow anxiety to come? Why does this happening in my life? Is our goal in all of this as we identify whatever the motivation is? Well, let me ask you this. What is the goal when somebody's struggling through all of that? What should our goal be? What should our goal be? glorify God. Where do we see that? How do we know that is our goal? If we're talking about we want to be biblical in all the things and we say, yeah, and yeah, for sure, I want to glorify God. That's great. And I, I agree. I believe you on that. But where do we see it in God's word? Somebody's got a verse. There we go. We got 1 Corinthians 10.31 and 2 Corinthians 5.9 all right there, which got uh, both of them. Uh, right. Whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. Whether I am home or... That was 1 Corinthians 10.31. 2 Corinthians 5.9, whether I am home or away, I make it my aim to be pleasing to God. How's that help with anxiety? Does it help with anxiety? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Right. My, I have to realize that my goal in whatever is motivating me Whatever the idol is, is not to get rid of it as my main goal. Go ahead, Mike. That's exactly right. It is, it's an indicator for us. This is like anxiety or whatever. I'm just using this as our example. We could go through all kinds of idols, right? Some of you ladies are going through uh, the, the the training for, um, or maybe you've you've watched this, um, the heart series on our hearts and how we identify our hearts. And so um, Brent Oakwin, who was here, um, however many however long ago that was, preached here. Uh, he gave this talk on the heart, and what he says is that these types of things coming up are like the um, check engine light on the dash of our car. Okay, we're driving our car, the check engine light comes on, we say, okay, there's a problem, right? But that light does not say, check engine light because blah, 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 and it tells you all those things, right? You've got to take it and you've got to figure, you've got to figure out what that light is. So really, it's just a, it's the warning light that there's a problem. And what Mike is, is talking about, that's exactly right. Like, okay, that needs to drive us to what, where is the problem? We've got to identify it. 
We got to recognize that God is working in us and these types of things come up to draw us back to the Lord. Matthew 15, 19, right? For out of the heart comes, and he gives this long list of all these terrible things that come out of our hearts, right? So let's go back to this anxiety thing. We're talking about this. Our next steps, we've identified it. Now what we need to do, let's go to the, probably the more popular passage that people would go to is Philippians 4, 6. Because if I go to somebody and I say I'm anxious, and they say, well, stop being anxious because we shouldn't be anxious. That isn't all that helpful, right? Stop doing it. Well, that isn't the most helpful for us. So, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. And often that's where people stop. Well, don't stop being anxious. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay. So if we think, I'm anxious, and this says to stop being anxious, so that's where I need to start to stop being anxious. I'll tell you what happens to the person that you tell that to. They become more anxious. <laughs> they are like, I'm trying, don't you think I could, if I wanted, uh, you know, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be anxious. It is eating me alive. I would, I would rather not be anxious, right? So what we use that as is, okay, here's the encouragement. God is telling you what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're doing. This is not something that you should be doing. But God doesn't just say, stop it. Praise God for that, that he doesn't just tell us to stop doing the wrong thing. He gives us help here. And so what he says is stop doing it, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Okay. Now here's where people will say, I'm doing that too. I am praying every day for God to stop this anxiety. God, please help me to not be anxious. And it's not helping. Okay. We get that. But here's where we have to switch it a little bit when we're talking with somebody. Now, what I'm explaining here as I'm, as I'm talking through this, I want to be real clear. Like, we don't take one verse, read it, and boom, things are taken care of. Anxiety, the reason that this is like rampant in our culture today is because they, we don't have the, uh, people are not using the resources that they should. And um, it is easy for us to, to go to anxiety and it's a difficult thing to deal with and root out and um, <clears throat> put to death. So if that, this is the case, where do we go, right? So prayer, right? And so when the prayer looks like God make this stop, give it, make it quit, we've got our wrong focus, right? Our focus is to be what is it? Pleasing to God, right? In all things, be making our aim to please him. So my focus needs to be off me and on him. How do I do that? What, you're going to say something? Okay. 
Uh huh. Yeah. But I was I was praying about what was making me anxious. Yeah. And learning to trust God with what those things or situations were or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's true. We want to we, we want to be praying about those things, and we we want to be uh, changing that focus from off of ourselves and uh, making our request known to God, recognizing that God can can do that. Right. Here's the. So if we remember the gospel in all of this, who is our righteousness and who justifies us in salvation? Christ does, right? He chose us as a believer. He chose us and he loves us. He intercedes for us, right? And when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit recognizes those utterances and things that we don't know what to say and praise them for us. We are, as new creations, free from sin and guilt. There is therefore now no no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. These are things we tell ourselves and work through them. We are destined for eternal glory. One day, we will not have these hard things in life. We will not have this uncertainty. We have been called by name. Christ called us. God called us by name. And we are his. These are things that we can tell ourselves to fight this. There's Psalm 4. It's a short psalm. But this can help when um, there we can pray this prayer. And if you, if you go to that, you don't have to now because I'm, I'm thinking I'm running out of time. Verse 1, thank you, Lord, that I'm gra- you are graciously answering my prayers. God hears them and he answers them. In verse 4, asking God to fill my mind and heart with his word whenever I'm going to sleep. Verse 7, increase the gladness in my heart for all the good you've given to me. And verse 8, let me be assured of the security I have in you. You know, all of these things that we're doing as we're working through this and saying, okay, I've got these things. Idols, in this chapter, Brad uh, Bigney is talking about how idols change our identity. If we are children of God, that's our identity. That's who we are. That's who are we, we're made in God's image, all of us. But as believers now, we are children of God, adopted into his family. That, that changes so many things about our life. But what idols do is they, we start living on a different identity. And he gives a couple of examples of those that followed their idol and lived a different identity than what they should. You remember um, King Saul in 1 Samuel 15, God told him to kill everything. Kill them all. The Amalekites. How do you say that? The, am, what is it? 
You, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so, and he, so he, what he did, he, because he was trying to please people instead of pleasing God and, and not, not doing that, he saves the animals and King Agag, right? And so um, they, God says, you will no longer rule and I'm going to find somebody who will rule and obey me. Because he, he was willing to be fearful of the people and th- that identity that he got from them. Mike, did you have a question or a statement? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We we've got to be very careful. It, it's a it's a rare instance if somebody is living for their idol that giving a one verse. Um, is going to work, is going to help, right? Oftentimes, it's, it can be painful. It can be hurtful. We've got to be careful that we don't just give platitudes. Uh, be willing to uh, sit down and hear somebody and talk through those things and talk through the ramifications. Especially anxiety is one of those. There's a lot of other things that we could be talking about. Somebody didn't come and get wrapped up in their idols overnight with just a quick something. So a quick something is not going to fix it either, right? Um, so Living through other people as our identity, right? We've got uh, King Saul. You've got Pilate, right? We know what he, he was fearful of the people, right? So he ceremoniously washes his hands like, ah, I'm not going to do anything with this, even though he had every responsibility to deal with that. And so he gave what the people, uh, he did what the people wanted him to do. That was his identity. Paul in Philippians 1, um, this is where he says, to live is Christ, to die is gain, Right? And he's writing that from prison. He had a right understanding of his identity in Christ. John the Baptist. John 3.26. Christ's ministry starts. Okay? John, we know, was the uh, forerunner. Right? He was to be declaring who Christ was and letting people know. And now Christ's ministry has started. And um, the, his followers come and say, hey, he's coming, and his ministry has started, and he's baptizing people. And John goes, well, he must increase, and I decrease. He recognizes. That would be an easy way to go, oh, I've been, I've been laboring so long. Now, where's my glory? What's my identity? But he recognized his identity was in Christ. If we look at parents and kids today, how we can have our identity wrapped up in our idols, right? Our kids can become our idols, I talked about how we, last week, about we, we, we can have good desires for our children. I want my kid to do well in sports. I want my kid to do well at school. There is nothing wrong with that. But if that becomes my idol, then I stop coming to church because I'm taking them to their sports events and I'm making sure that they're going to do well there. I, if school is that, I, I am doing everything I can so that they can do well in school and live vicariously through them and, and maybe things go well for a while. But then they get married and move out. It's like the empty nest syndrome. Like, what do I do now? Because now I can't live through them. I can't keep pushing that. What is my... My kids are gone. I have no identity. It's 
because we've been living with the wrong identity. That's what Brad has been talking about in this chapter here. Next week, we're going to go into now, like, what is the solution? Okay, so next week I'll, I'll teach. The following week I'm going to be gone. Um, it's my 20th anniversary, so Mary Beth and I are going to Mexico. So Andrew Walden is going to be teaching that one. And um, if he does better than me, I'll let him finish out the book. So <laughs> let me pray. Lord God, we do thank you that you are true, you are right, you are good, and you are God. Lord, we too often are torn between loving you and loving something else. Lord, draw us back to you. Help us to hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. Lord, help us to not lean on our own understanding or lean on ourselves or try and do this alone. But thank you for the church. Help us to be involved in each other's lives in a way that we know each other better than our favorite sports teams and where we work, but that we know each other deeper so we can help. Give us a desire to help one another so that we can please and honor you. We want Faith Bible Church and the people that are part of it to be that city on a hill that is seen and known for our desire to love you and love people well. Help us to do that, Father. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for the gospel. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.